Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the Doctor as he travels the Vortex and landed in episode number 287. Us humans may have limited little minds, but he still likes us. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? I'm well, Other than limited you. and little. Liked. <laughs> That's good. Did you have a good week off, Glenn? Yeah, it was nice. And a good birthday? Nice, nice and relaxing. Didn't do much. <laughs> watched a lot of news. I watched a lot of news. <laughs> did your day off? I did. Oh, week off. I did. It was all foreign news, though, so. Uh, no, uh, you guys don't have a foreign desk at the, not at the <laughs> station. No. Friday. Wow. That's all National was offering yeah. on Friday. I'm sure it was. <laughs> I didn't do too much this week other than getting ready for our big garage sale we had on uh, Friday and Saturday. So most of the week I spent. Once again, I miss out and don't get an invite to the garage sale. <laughs> I've refused to believe you actually have these. You, you want to? You want to know every other month we're going to have garage sales? <laughs> you just, just know it's coming. You should just, just start driving on by your, your house yeah. and oh, wait. Hey, there's the Bartlett's having a garage sale again. Uh, yeah, so I spent most of the week digging stuff out, getting old stuff out of the shed, pricing new stuff that was coming down. Uh, and then Friday, uh, Tuesday was my birthday, which I had a good birthday, and, and actually got some gifts tonight, which maybe I'll talk about those real quick. Ouch. Uh, from Sean and Mel, I got a Sergeant Pepper uh, Christmas ornament and from Vegas, I assume, right? From, 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 from the, the Beatles' love. From the Beatles love. And it's it's well, the drum. Shop. It's the drum, the bass drum with the uh, Beatles or with the Sgt. Pepper logo on it, which is really cool. And then from Keith and Sarah and Cody, I got I got to read it again because I can't remember exactly what it was. It's a book called "365 Days of Memorable Moments and Impossible Things," and it's by Justin Richards. Well, I didn't see that. That's cool. And uh, we like Justin Richards. We do like Justin Richards. And it's for each day of the year, it's got a different thing. And then also uh, an on-this-day segment for each one that says things that happen. So that's pretty cool. Um, other, for, other than that, I didn't get any gifts. Everybody gave me money for my birthday. <laughs> so I, I, I'm in the Can't money. Can't complain about that. Uh, but I did buy but I know there was a garage sale going on. I might have given you more money. I called <laughs> I called this uh, Mask of Mandragora uh, my with Christmas or Christmas, my birthday present because I used some birthday money to order it. But I went in and ordered it. I didn't get it in time for Friday, so I knew I was going to make Friday Night Who, but it said it would ship on Saturday, and by eight o'clock, when eight o'clock rolled around, I hollered <laughs> <laughs> to Keith and said, "I don't have this yet. Can I borrow your digital copy?" So I, I borrowed uh, Keith's digital copy, and then this morning, bright and early, it <laughs> knock on the door, it came. So, which was probably all all the best because we were busy today doing other stuff. So. I wouldn't have got a chance to watch I, it. I keep forgetting that the USPS does Sunday de- package deliveries now. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, and then Weird. Friday, fr- all day, almost, well, we, we closed it about one thirty on Friday because we just had no traffic. But we, you know, we had a good, we, we made a decent chunk of money. So that's, that's the, and got rid of a bunch of stuff. That's, that's <laughs> ultimately the goal is to get rid of the old stuff. And that was pretty much it. Um, Did you watch anything on your week off I, other than the news? I, yeah, I was, I was <laughs> We were talking before show. The reason these guys are chiding me is because we we were talking before that uh, was it Wednesday. We're not was, chiding you. Was Wednesday when the the sit in was? Uh, Tuesday into Wednesday. I Tuesday believe. into Wednesday. So Tuesday, or was it Wednesday into Thursday? I think I it was Wednesday into Thursday. Because my Thursday. parents my my parents actually came by and brought me a card and some money. For my birthday on Tuesday night, we watched, uh, or we uh, had birthday cake, and I, I remember not watching 
Yeah, I think it was Wednesday and Thursday. It was, uh, so yeah, Wednesday and Thursday, I spent most of the day watching the uh, sit-in on the uh, House of Representatives floor with the Democrats that were trying to get a bill for gun control, and was just captivated by that, and then Thursday, I spent most of the day watching the Brexit uh Pre, you know, all the lead up to the to the vote because it, that was the day of voting, I believe, and yeah. the polls closed there at ten, which our time was relatively early in the afternoon, and stayed up way too late watching the returns <laughs> for that. In fact, I, w- I was watching late enough that I was watching the British wake up to the surprising news <laughs> over there on Friday morning. And then Friday got up to the garage sale, and then after we were done, immediately turned on and watched the Brexit stuff again. I was just captivated by the well, insanity. What is amazing about it was how close of a vote it was. Yeah, that's yeah. what's amazing the, to the me. The country was pretty much split on it. Anyway, it definitely is enough about the EU. Um, yeah, so I was captivated by that. That's pretty much all I watched this week. <laughs> I did watch Game of Thrones tonight, the season finale tonight. So, and I, I, I actually, since our last broadcast, I watched <laughs> last week's Game of Thrones. Right, since, oh, our, last, since our last broadcast earlier tonight. Oh, we did do another broadcast <laughs> earlier tonight. I forgot about that. Yeah, we actually uh, we chatted with the uh, Five-ish Fangirls. All three of us were on the Five-ish Fangirls this yeah. week. So that episode will be coming out this week. And... Uh, we just kind of chatted about everything, didn't we? Yeah, we just, just kind of tangented and just went on. Our that own was little. the purpose of the show. It's 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 part of part in their they they've celebrated their two year birthday already. But this they're coming up on episode one hundred. Yeah. And so this was ultimately a kind of a, a, a mix of birthday and one hundredth episode uh, special. So split the difference. Splitting the difference. Well, I actually we watched, had a lot of fun. Yeah, we did. We did have a lot of yeah. fun. I actually watched a lot of stuff this week. I finally got around to Snowpiercer, which was really good. Really interesting little movie. <laughs> like, I really wanted to like it. I, up I'm, until I'm the on the end. fence about it. I, the, yeah, the end is kind of why I'm not sure how I feel about it. It, it, it ended a, a, a way that should appeal to me, but I don't know <laughs> if it did. <laughs> uh, and then this week, I watched Childhood, Childhood's End. The Sci-Fi Channel miniseries based off the Arthur C. Clarke uh, novel, and it is phenomenal. <laughs> it is gripping and compelling, and I don't want to say too much about it because I want everyone to go watch it. And again, I'm not sure how I feel how it ends because it kind of a little bit goes off the rails in a normal Arthur C. Clarke kind of fashion. So I highly, 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 highly recommend that one. That's probably one I'm probably going to pick up on Blu-ray and rewatch frequently because it's so good. Uh, the last thing we watched was uh, my Big Fat Greek Wedding too. It was all right. It was more of the same, but it was enjoyable. The same. It's worth picking up and renting to watch if you like the first one. It's what I what I've liked about the first film and what I like about this one is there's not that big overwrought drama that the couple has to overcome and then live happily ever after together. That's pretty much all I watched. <laughs> Sean, did you watch anything? We uh, finished Archer Season 6. Uh, watched another couple of Arrested Developments. Still toiling along in Season 1, not because we're not enjoying it, just because we don't get to watch that very often. But and then uh, we're, I, I, I double-checked, we were exactly at the halfway point in Agents of Season 3. 
Uh, we really don't have anything for the next segment. Other than uh, filming has begun and there are pictures of them filming on set. I looked at them. I saw the actors standing there. That's what you see. And we, well, that's what I was talking like, about last week. Yeah, this, this is nothing new. It's something that happens, and it never gives anything It's exciting away. that they're actually filming. Yeah. But Did you see that one image of, of, of Capaldi? And, uh, and, and, and you see how big his hair is? Yeah, it's even bigger than last season, it looks like. Did you see that one with uh, Sutek? Yeah. And Omega? That was... I, there's, that's telling. <laughs> <laughs> Telling. <laughs> I, I think that the coolest—that's the part that made me laugh. <laughs> I think the coolest part was the the postcard that said we're getting the band back together. I I, I don't know what that means. Maybe he's going to play guitar again this this, this year. But uh, so filming. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's yeah. move on to feedback. <laughs> this just in: Doctor Who's still not on, <laughs> but it is filming. It is filming. Uh, in feedback, we got some feedback from Holly. She writes, Mask of Mandragora. Did I say that right? Mm-hmm. Good. Mandragora. 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 Not Mandragora. No. Not Mandragora. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys. Just a little bit of housekeeping. If you haven't voted yet for July's book club choice on Goodreads, time is winding down. On to the review. I have to say I enjoyed this story. I love the bit where Sarah Jane and the Doctor find a second console room while touring the TARDIS. I really loved the set design of it, and I was grinning when Sarah Jane found what I'm get what I'm guessing is the second Doctor's recorder and plays a few notes. Wonder how it got there. Maybe Jamie hit it? <laughs> <laughs> that, that Mandragora Helix energy is nasty stuff. Sarah Jane should get a I don't get to be captured or get out of the sacrifice free card with all the traveling she's done with the doctor <laughs> overall a good episode looking forward to hearing everyone's thoughts on this episode holly from wisconsin thank you holly thank you holly and if you haven't voted in the goodreads book club vote now and weigh in on royal blood if you're reading along for that uh you can also send us feedback at feedback at traveling or on our website traveling on the send us feedback tab or reach out to us on Facebook and Twitter. Facebook is at Traveling the Vortex, and Twitter is at Travel Vortex. And we will read your comments on the air. We sure will. I wonder if there's a fan story in there. Jamie darting through corridors of the TARDIS. And he can hear the doctor going, Jamie! He's like, just a minute! <laughs> he opens the door, and it looks just like the other console room. And he just goes, Huck! <laughs> Get on that, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> but the third doctor's coat was there too. So yeah, you got to explain how. That I got to know. I got to explain that one. And what what first doctor item is there? Maybe Joe said, "God, what an ugly jacket!" And there's a story of her running through the <laughs> halls of the <laughs> TARDIS. It seemed a bit uglier than and, his other ones. And <laughs> uh, you hear the doctor saying, "Joe, Joe!" And so she opens the door, and there's, "Hey, this looks like the console room." And she hucks it in there. Yeah, it's been done. Uh, <laughs> Feels a bit derivative. <laughs> Maybe the secondary control room is kind of like the room of requirement. It's like whenever somebody needs to get rid of something. The shaving mirror was probably the first doctor I That's that's what I figured <laughs> you know? too. Ooh, I wonder if you could work that joke in there. The tenth doctor. One of these days, you're going to be shaving it. I wonder if he 
Maybe uses the mirror. Ah. There you go. So you don't have to, you don't have to to fantasize all this stuff. It's there. You just got <laughs> to connect the dots. Yeah. Should we move on to our review? Yeah. Read the synopsis, Keith. The Mask of Mandragora. After an encounter with a deadly Mandragora helix, the Doctor and Sarah Jane land in 15th century. San Martino. In the midst of danger, secrecy, and intrigue, they witness the flowering of the Italian Renaissance. As the mask to celebrate the accession of the new Duke of San Martino approaches, the doctor realizes that a third visitor has arrived with him in the TARDIS. It is a fourth force with the power to wipe out human civilization forever. The doctor has brought it to Earth, and only the doctor can stop it. Dun, dun, dun. I really enjoyed this one, too. I did, yep. too. This is one of my favorites. I had forgotten it was one of my favorites <laughs> until I watched it, but I, it's one of my favorites. Which, it's funny that at least I like it so much, and it's a his, predominantly historical. I mean, all historical. There's a lot of those ones that I don't tend to like as it much. It has historical elements in it. This is no, they're no longer <laughs> historical. Well, yeah. It's, I, a, I, it's as historical yeah. as it's gotten since first Doctor era. I watched the uh, the making of, and they mentioned um, oh nuts, what was the one prior to that Hinchcliffe did? One of his earlier ones where it was a I think he called it a pseudo-historical where it was, you know, set in historical times but still had aliens and uh, you know, other things where you could kind oh, of to some extent Pyramids of Mars. Pyramids, thank you that was okay. the one. Um, where, you know, you could throw some facts in there and for the most part kind of get away with everything else and he really liked how that one had turned out and so uh, uh, Mask of Mandragor was um, a direct he watched uh, was it Vincent Price and Mask of the Red Death well, I think and so, went yeah. yeah we could do that <laughs> and ripped that it makes off sense. Rip, ripped it off and sent him out doing it well and it's one of those I'm like it seems when I think of this type of historical story I don't think of the Fourth Doctor's time. Does that make sense? I think more of five or th- maybe three, because Time Warrior or King's Demons or some of those other ones. I don't think fifteenth century and think Fourth Doctor. Maybe that's just me. Well, yeah, I think why it doesn't seem out of place is because even though this is Earth, I mean, if you look at things like Android Atara or you look at. Um, um, the Android Invasion. I mean, they they all have kind of those same trappings. Well, Android Invasion was more current, wasn't it? Well, it, it was, but, but, but when they but, first okay. land, it was... Well, no, you're right, yeah. I, actually, I'm thinking you know, that was probably like mid-19th century, but you're right. No, it was present because they've got the space complex. I think maybe what it is is just the fact that maybe... Well, the space complex is later. What I'm talking about the village part of... Uh, it's still present day. They've got a truck and... Oh, I guess that's and, true. And, and, it's, and it's unit. Mid, yeah, I was thinking mid twentieth century, but that would have been close to mid twentieth century. Anyway. <laughs> but but Android Zatara, I mean that's yeah. that's certainly got all the same kind of trappings with the nineteen eighty four was so historical. <laughs> the, <laughs> the Middle Ages and that 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 kind of thing. So well, I mean, what it is is that some of the ones it's, like it's pyramids is not so far distant that it doesn't right. feel historical. Talons of Wang Chang is, takes place in you know the Victorian era. So uh, maybe, I mean it's, maybe it's more I, the it four, doesn't seem maybe out it's the more the four and Sarah Jane that seems a little. I think a what it is is that because he, the later spent, ones, yeah, could be. He spent so much time on Earth in the Third Doctor's persona 
that there was that conscious effort made to okay, we've got away, get away from, from that. Yeah. yeah, and so the fourth Doctor spent most of his time away from Earth. I mean, yeah, there's a handful that you've picked out the uh, Android invasion and and uh, talents and stuff that yes are set on Earth, but he really spends a lot of time either away from Earth or Earth in the future, in the case of Ark, right. uh, and, uh, you know, the Genesis, uh, the Daleks, and then back to Nerva and all that kind of stuff with the Cybermen. I mean, he, he spends a lot of time out and about. Well, his first season... The, There's no historical... There, well, he, it's, he starts out on Earth and he leaves and he's gone. I mean, it's... Yeah. it's it, Without the setting foot in the TARDIS, the whole once. is pretty much away from Earth. So, <laughs> so I, I think that was a conscious effort set to do that, and so there, you're right, there aren't a lot of historicals other than this one, Pyramid's... Talon, and like you said, the well, even, trappings even, of androids yeah, and the, tra- the trappings because it's not set on Earth; it's set on uh, you know another planet, but Watara. But it's yeah, because Stones of Blood is set present day, it one is right set before it, day, yeah, which is Earth, but um, and City of Death is present day. Yeah. Although he does travel back to the Renaissance era yeah. in that one, so I. I, I see what you're saying, but it doesn't. I, 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 it never that never that never crossed my mind watching this. Going, I, I, oh, this I think seems it is quite different. And I think it is also the the having Sarah Jane there with him, because there there wasn't many historicals with Tom and Elizabeth Slater. Right, right. And I think that's part of what makes me because when I when I see those two, but I don't think beyond his time. While it was Pertwee. Sarah Jane's first adventure. Well, uh, yeah, in the and, and, and that's kind of so, what I mean, this felt like, like was a kind of more like that as opposed to the other foreign Sarah Jane stories that I'm used to. Okay. I think that's what I'm trying to say. Oh, even uh, Seeds of uh, Doom or is present day Earth, but yeah, so that's Earthbound too. So actually, there's a lot more Terra the Zygons. There's a bunch of Earth stories, not necessarily historical or, or period pieces, but yeah, there are a lot more Earth stories now. I think <laughs> than, than we're giving it credit for. Okay, two more. <laughs> I mean, comparatively, out of seven years. Of the two to, dozen. Yeah, you know. Well, that's just... I guess technically the first half of Hand of Fear. <laughs> Probably about two-thirds. Of, yeah. yeah. Three-quarters. Yeah. Anyways, I really like the story. <laughs> I did, too. I, this is one that I saw when I was a kid, and I'm not sure I'd seen any of it since, but it was another one of those ones like I... I find myself doing with the Davison stories is as I sat down and watched it, it just completely the, the the memory of it just completely came back, and I kept remembering. I kept thinking, "Is this where he? Yeah, this is where he does. Okay, is this where they go into the catacomb? Yeah, this is where they go." To, so I was. It was the recall was almost fascinating that it had been that long since I'd seen it. But as it was unfolding on the screen, I was remembering. Oh yeah, okay, I remember this, and I remember where this goes from here. Um, I think. The, the the complexity of the story is what I really like, uh, especially this time around as an adult. Uh, the idea of going into this area of space where he, they encounter the helix and it hitches a ride, basically, and lands them on Earth where it needs to be. Um, and then the idea of going back and utilizing an ancient cult in order to, you know, make its grab at Earth uh, yeah. is, is very clever to me. And the uh, the machinations with the c- count who's trying to take the throne by taking his nephew out, and this cult worshiping it is just fascinating. Yeah. that he's utilizing them to kill the count, and well, it's it, it's it, it's almost as though he has no belief in what this cult's doing, but he's making them a patsy for oh, yeah. his ploy, and yeah. I like that idea. Um, 
all the way down to the fact that it's revealed that um, uh, Hieronymus is actually the, the, the lead priest in this cult, <laughs> and the Count has no idea. He thinks he's just this fraud soothsayer that he's usually using, you know, to kind of, in his mechanisms of trying to get the, the, the dukedom, it's it just it's it's really cleverly done, and the little the little uh, 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 political intrigue that they that they establish around this as something greater is coming. It's kind of Game of Thrones ish. Something, <laughs> something bigger is coming, but we we got all this you know political shuffling going on over here, and and nobody sees the bigger picture. Well, you know what's interesting too is that it, it's so well done because. I don't know how many times we've commented on the formula where there's some political intrigue afoot and, you know, the, the current ruler's getting ready to be deposed by, insert blank here, uh, you know, and it's you know, the evil vizier. It's very cookie-cutter in that regard, and yet it does not feel cookie-cutter because it's so well-paced, it's so well-put-together, it's extremely well-edited. Um, the visual yeah. effects are fantastic, yeah. you know, for, for the, especially for the era. Sparklers. <laughs> well, the little the little beam of light that comes down that is that is the, I I don't know why it kept going around and killing people as it went if it if its ultimate goal was to <laughs> insert itself into this priest and become you know I, I, it, it, it was kind of weird that it went around and just pss, attack people as it went I did I, that seemed to have no purpose in the in the in the long run. <laughs> Other wait, than wait, to kind of announce, it. we haven't killed anybody in yeah, about five well, minutes. Other, <laughs> other, other than announce its presence, which I thought was kind of strange, but I, I almost wondered if it was just unfocused and was trying to find its target. It could be, and that's why. I know it's right. Although the, you got the impression that because it it steered its way to that point, and Hieronymus had made contact with something yeah. before that was a piece of the helix, you would have thought it would have known where it was going. But <laughs> admittedly, the first guy that it kills is the gun that waves the sword at it on the lake. So, well, yeah, so, yeah, so you know, maybe it just decided, oh, some, don't even, pal. Some, some, <laughs> some felt the same. But he didn't even have a sword. That guy was fishing or something. He was throwing a net into the uh, water. I think he killed the, the swords guy on the. I thought it was a sword guy. No, the first guy he kills with a sword was the guard at the gate. Who turns blue? Yeah, it turns blue. The one that they they haul into the the uh, duke and his buddy haul into the. The thing, but there was a guy when it when it first comes and it goes through the water and goes, pss, and then it comes off onto the shore and the guy's going ah and he starts waving a stick at it. He was some peasant or something there. I didn't think he had a sword. Oh, Pretty sure he, he, had, a he had a stick. Well, he had a stick. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not saying he wasn't trying to defend himself. And the 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 Mandragor Helix was attacking him because he thought it was be- it thought it was being attacked. But this is um, I had the exact opposite reaction. Giuliano, that was it. That you had with your recall coming back to you. The more I watched, the more unfamiliar it was. <laughs> <laughs> and I went. It was new to you. <laughs> it was completely new to me. I told Keith, I said, the one piece of this I remember, the very end where the doctor says, I wouldn't even say no to a salami sandwich. I've seen that. And I don't know if I've seen it in the context of the episode, or maybe I've seen that clip on something else. I've seen a clip many times, so maybe that's where you've seen it. I, it was all new to me. And I, I I watched everything. I watched all the documentaries. I went, I went through. <laughs> da, 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 da. And Billy kind of looked at me and goes, you're still on this? You know, it's late, dude. And I'm like, you don't understand, man. This was new Tom Baker. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get that very often. Very <laughs> often. <laughs> Even if this had not been a great story, it would have been amazing just for you. Just, just for the sake of <laughs> new Tom Baker. New Tom Baker. So I loved the relationship that we get with 
with Sarah Jane, she's extremely playful with him in this. Yeah. They've reached that level in, in their in their comfort zones with each other that she knows how far she can push him and she knows when she can prod him, even if he's not responding to her. She knows she can <laughs> she can do this. And yet her comments there are a handful of them that in the the, the, the glorious uh, vision of retrosite, you can go back and go, she knows she's leaving. She knows she's getting to that point. I don't think it's the immediate surprise that we have kind of taken it before in, in, in Hand of Fear. Mm-hmm. I think that was the straw that broke the camel's back. I think she, in this well, one, I think it feels like she the, knows she's getting ready to say something. With, with Yeah, especially with the hypnosis in this really helps lend to that moment at the end of Hand of Fear. Yeah. More than anything else. Cause yeah. that, I don't before, know, not again. Yeah, before that, it did feel like, well, that's just kind of coming out of the blue. Yeah, you had a bad experience with Eldrad, but come on. And this kind of helps put more context into that role. I, I totally agree. And it just, um, I don't know, it was and, and, and aside from her getting hypnotized, she had great stuff to do in the story. Yeah. No, I don't think it. I don't. I don't think it was this story that necessarily broke her. I think no, it was no. Just, I, I just mean in general. She just yeah. had great stuff to do in the story. It's, well, a, it's another great Sarah Jane story. Like we commented that when uh, when she gets abducted, that we don't we don't get her scream. Yeah, we we don't get her going ah, and somebody clubs her over the head and then drags her off caveman style. And it's it's there's a cutaway, and then it comes back and she's been nabbed, you know, and it's like oh no, and and it's it's just one of those. Classy ways that that Sarah Jane, I feel, is treated maybe a little better in, in, in some regards than, than some well, of the other I, th- I, I mean, I, she screams later, obviously. I think a lot of that also is her as an actor not saying, "I'm not going to scream here." Yeah, I don't maybe, know how maybe, much maybe, not, maybe, maybe we read way too much well, into it. <laughs> it just, I mean, obviously, you know, she's got screams later when she's surprised when the guards come out of the catacombs and grab her and stuff like that. And it's, but that feels like an appropriate place to scream versus yeah. so early on in the episode. Um, I love the, I love the secondary control room. I didn't used to. Like I remember as a kid, oh, because I wanted that sci-fi, you know, kind of, kind of feel to it. Man, it's so pretty. <laughs> Still reminds me of a 1970s basement or den but yeah, yeah it's it's yeah, i like those too it's fine it's it's <laughs> it's nice because it's so drastically different from anything that we had gotten up until that point well, from doctor who and, and it's great to see the introduction of it of them stumbling yeah, across yeah. it as opposed to hand of fear and they're just there and <laughs> okay. i knew i had seen it much more <laughs> in my childhood but i couldn't just we we saw it in hand of fear and that was it, right? It's it's that well, one, this it's one, Hand of Fear, and the Leela stories up to. It's just talents. Well, I guess robots. Yeah, it was in Robots of Death. Yeah, because we got that it's, great. It's yeah, in we get the obviously in the, the Planet of Evil, which is her first story. Yeah. So yeah, because it was in there. We and we have watched those as well, but yeah, it, it's it's one of those things that it just it seemed to be around longer in my memory, but. Then when we put everything in perspective, it didn't seem like it had been there that long until I'd seen it here. And then it sort of seemed like, okay, maybe this is why it felt like it was around longer because I hadn't seen the introduction yet. And so now we've, I've kind of come full circle. But I've, I've always kind of liked the, the, the idea that it's there for a while. I don't, I'm glad they didn't stick with it because I'm just partial to the, the original console room. Um, 
but I, I like it. It's neat. And you guys I, have always complained it's a nice about the, the, of pace. the size of the TARDIS console, but I always, I've always kind of liked that. And the fact that the little panels open up to reveal the buttons inside. I think my bigger <laughs> issue with the actual console itself is I miss the time rotor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I the, the size of it doesn't bother me. It's just I, I, it's, it needs a time rotor. Well, just know that console is controlling things, but the time rotor is still running in yeah, the, other, true. <laughs> the, room, the other console room. This is just the remote control right. for that yeah. console. There's a there's a great documentary on here on the console room called uh, Bigger on the Inside, and uh, one of the guys makes the comment that it always bothered him that they go up those stairs and out the main door. You know, and, and he, well, how does that work? And as a kid, he kept trying to, you know, well, does it mean, and I did this too, is like, are they going out one of the other sides of the TARDIS? Because you know, it's, it's a box. There's four sides there. Maybe there's four different control rooms, and it's north, south, east, and west. And more. But maybe the TARDIS just kind of reconfigures. I think that's it, Since it's, it's extra dimensional, maybe it just goes, and, oh, okay, this is, that works too. It's extra dimensional because you can walk out one door here, and it's the same door here. So yeah. <laughs> that's, that's how the TARDIS works. Yeah. So. <laughs> See, in my head, that I have to... <laughs> that, 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 that I think is one of the problems I have with the smaller console is that I have issues with you trying to fit all of this that runs the ship into a space this big. Yeah. You know, that just seems, time rotor or not, it just seems a, just a little weird. Uh, yeah, we, we don't really, outside from the Master and the Ronnie, we don't see other TARDISes. Who knows, maybe the Type 50, 60 have smaller consoles. Interesting, too, that when you when you really think about it in Doctor Who the movie, his console is considerably smaller than any of the ones we've seen besides the extra one. But the TARDIS uh, the the room. control room is so much more vast. So it's... It, to your point of it's smaller, so it seems like it's running so much more for a small console. But if you look at it, it's running so much more, and it's in a larger room, so <laughs> it makes it look even smaller. So, and I, I wonder maybe if that's one. Although of the there's reasons. a very large time rotor in the Eighth Doctor's console, so because it's the first one that goes all the way up to the ceiling right. and, yeah. and just has the interior um, guts moving. I wonder if the, uh, I, I can. This is something else I'm going to attribute to Doctor Who the movie is the fact that since as a kid I didn't particularly care for this console room because it wasn't sci-fi enough. After watching Doctor Who the movie and falling in love with the steampunk <laughs> console room, coming back to this and kind retroactively of makes it better. The, the Jules Verne kind of yeah. look to yeah. it is like, yeah, you know, yeah. It's, that's that's a cool one. So when we finally get around to doing our console room discussion, <laughs> I may have to reorganize some yeah. of these things in my in my head. Um, Tom, of course, is great, you know, and sword fighting. Sword Didn't fighting, yeah. sword fighting. Horse, riding, horse, horse, horse stealing, horse stealing, lots of horse stealing. A little. Uh, uh, There's some impressive stunts he did in this one. Venetian Aikido. Yeah. And <laughs> See, I think that's a lot, that's why all of those things. There's so many see, elements of, feel those, so of the third, third doctor, doctor yeah. makes me makes it feel so. I can see that. A, 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 it's a very swashbuckling story. Yeah. yeah, I can see that. Now for for the uh, for the trick. I, I love the great bit, but he still has his. Normal fourth Doctor bits of using the scarf as a right, a right. indie whip to trip him, and, yeah. Uh, which is it's it's funny every time the Doctor has a moment, then it's completely squashed. The next thing, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's he jumps on a horse and rides off, and to immediately be plummeled off the horse. Uh, the sword fight is disarmed quickly. I think the only time that he's actually successful with his swords is the uh, when he and the uh, uh, Duke are 
battling it out with the, the Count's guards, and they're actually getting the upper hand, but I don't think they would have had the Brotherhood of the... What was the name of the god they were... Demonos or something? Um, well, the cult. Yeah, if the, if the Brotherhood cult. of the Cult had not come out and, and uh, ran the guards off, they obviously got out of that scrape thanks to that. But it just every time it seemed like Tom would get a moment, it would suddenly be turned <laughs> back on him again. So, um, For the truly geek among us, did you happen to recognize the... Uh the, the wonderful uh, uh, San Martino. Oh, the locale? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was previously known as the village and the prisoner. Oh, is that right? That's one I haven't seen, so... Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. I learned that through the documentary. I didn't recognize oh. it. Once I watched the documentary, I went, oh, yeah, that's totally where that was. Apparently they did some nifty camera angles to oh. play it off. But, yeah, that's uh, they, they filmed uh, the Patrick... Uh, McGowan? McGee, isn't it? McNee, uh, <clears throat> uh, series, The Prisoner there. Was it Marco that I recognized in the film, or in the episode? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was Marco, the actor. Because he was Captain Harker in Claws of Axos. Was it Marco? Yeah. That was his friend, right? Yeah, his, his companion. Friend. Yeah. Okay, did you, did you recognize uh, Marco? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was in uh, Cave, uh, uh, Claws of Axos. Do you know what else he was in? Uh-uh. Lay it on him, Keith. Here, I'll just show you a picture and then say, V for Vendetta. Oh, is that him? <laughs> oh, I'll be darned. Oh, I'll be darned. Yeah. He's quite older there. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's been a few years. Yes. He's also in the documentary and has great things to say about oh, it. Apparently he, in real life, was good friends with the Duke. And so the fact oh, that they so got that, oh well that's kind of got neat. cast yeah. together and and when we were running around and he says you know there is no greater thing as an actor than working at the BBC and you know so people it was never a wait well, you know, Doctor Who you know he's like oh I'm doing Doctor Who this week and I was like oh <laughs> 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 we're horseback riding and sword fighting and you know, just kind of all this kind of stuff. Giuliano, Duke Giuliano. And Glenn, maybe you know this. I, what is the proper ascension of rank? You go from was was he a, was he a prince when his dad was still alive as the duke, and then once his dad lives, he ascends to duke. Is he a I prince suppose, at that point? I suppose that's right because he he would be head of the duke dukedom because it's dukedom. not a kingdom because right. he's not a king. But yeah, so and then his they, uncle they did, is a count. Didn't they call him prince? That's why I was Several confused. Times. I believe that's right, but then he becomes Duke, I believe. So, although Duke has to do with, I think Duke has to do with land ownership or something now, but I don't know oh, how. Okay. I don't know that. how it did back mm-hmm. in the, those days. But they, they did say he would become he would become the, the Duke of the the kingdom. Right. Well, and the the count was only the count because he was the brother to the Duke. He, they they were blood related, but so. And he would have become Duke had he been able to get rid of the heir, Juliana, who was the heir. But. Yeah. So does that mean in Star Wars there's a Duke Duco? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Probably works differently. Well, why? <laughs> because it's Star Wars. It's English, right? They, they had a princess president. Que- yeah. <laughs> or a queen president. Queen president. Elected queen. <laughs> Elected queen. Yeah, I think politics works differently there. <laughs> but the succession just well, don't work. Pr- right? Princess Leia was a princess, and her father was a uh, senator. So, <laughs> <laughs> just 
There's no King Bail I'm Organa. Assuming, <laughs> it's just Senator Bail Organa. I'm, I'm assuming he is, uh, rose in the ranks or got also elected and was oh, king yeah. by the time uh, Alderaan got destroyed. That's how I can retcon that Sure, because they haven't told me otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> king Bail Organa. Not in, the new, not in the new canon anyway. Yeah. Because in uh, Courtship of Princess Lady, he's not referred to as it. Oh, was not referenced I, I as, a, get, as a king. Can, can there is one. very little in Courtship of Princess Leia <laughs> that should ever be a considered I'm just, canon I'm just on saying, any front. I'm just saying. For all you people that there's are a upset. Duke, there's a duke in that. <laughs> for anybody who's upset about the Star Wars EU going away, Courtship of Princess Leia. Enough said. Was he a duke or was he a king? He had a title. I don't remember. That, that was, she was supposed to. Marianne. They blow up Han Solo's teeth. It was just <laughs> bad. I'm glad I didn't finish that. Oh, it, was, <laughs> it was bad. It There's a reason I didn't. That's where I stalled out. I'm sure Dave Wolverton's a fine author somewhere. But Did you guys get the um, references to why the Doctor had suspected that Sarah was under, before he proclaimed what it was that he had suspected she was under the yeah yeah you caught that when she did you catch when she made the reference did it surprise you a little bit when she said it that she was she wondered why she could understand italian she had never thought of that and it was after that point that you know he she's following him through the hallway and he kind of does the around the corner and you to give us the idea that he knows that something's up afoot and then when he what do you think of the? the, the I, well, let me rephrase. Did I get that moment that that's when the doctor knew? No. Obviously, I was too focused on that. Oh, she's asking that question. I, could, I couldn't. <laughs> we took it the other way. <laughs> I, I couldn't tell when I watched it if I had remembered that from a kid because this time I immediately knew why, or and, and wondered why she asked the question this time. Why she just brought that up out of nowhere after she'd been traveling with him for a while. And uh, not that she ever really knew or it was addressed before, which is yeah. the interesting thing about it, that that would be the thing that he would key in on. But uh, but it wasn't until this time that I was like, I wonder if that's a, a hint there. And then, of course, the next scene is her following him and he does the thing where he's looking around the corner, you know, suspecting or, or checking to see if she's still following him. So I kind of figured that must have been the tip off. But. But I liked his answer, too. <laughs> Time Lord gift. That's all you needed. It's true. And that's all they had back then, which oh, is yeah. the interesting thing, because it's not until the Ninth Doctor where he yeah. says that it's the TARDIS that actually gives the ability to and companions to understand. And that doesn't so. contradict. And it it's a Time not. Lord gift. It's a Time Lord gift. Well, because, in, in fact, I think the Ninth Doctor specifically says it's a gift from the TARDIS. At that point, can't be a Time Lord gift at that point, because there's no other Time Lords. He, he's got <laughs> It's either him giving it or the Tarnus giving it, so it I can, works I, both ways. I can ret, I can retcon that as either it's a simple time lord <laughs> gift is is a get out of jail free card because Sarah won't question it if he answers with that, or you could go with the well he knows more about the Tardis by the time he's in body number ten than he does when he's in body number <laughs> I four. Sort of, I sort of look at it as that the fourth Doctor is a little more conceited than the ninth Doctor, so he's taking the credit instead of giving it to the Tardis <laughs> because a, it's not a lie. The fourth, fourth Doctor is very conceited. It's not a lie. It's a gift that I'm giving you. Your mind is beginning to work, Harry. You mustn't take any credit for it. Of course, it's all due to my influence. <laughs> Four and twelve would really get along pretty good. I think so. I yeah. <laughs> yeah, they really would. Um, this was written by Louis Marx, and I knew that I knew the name. It's just one of those familiar Doctor Who 
title cards. You go, ah, I've seen that one before. Uh, previously, he was responsible for Planet of Giants. Oh. Day of the Daleks. And uh, the one we haven't reviewed yet, Planet of Evil. So That's my last 4 and 11. Or 4 and, four and 11. 4 and Sarah Jane, right? That's your last 4 and Sarah Jane. <laughs> I just... Creature from the Pit. Oh, no, that's a... Uh, no, never mind. That's not Sarah Jane. Well, Megalos, <laughs> though. You no, heard. that's not Sarah, that's Sarah Jane. Jane. Megalos? Nope. Oh, that's, uh, that's Ramona. Ramona. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, no, you're right. It is. Yeah, you're right. I've got several. Planet of Evil is the only Sarah Jane. You're he's right. got several fours left, yeah, and several. Well, he's got two foreign Romanas. Two. And of course, much, Tegan and Adric. Don't have much four left, so. Oh, but yeah, you're not going to let him watch those. For no, that's, those, those, those are the end. <laughs> As I've said before, it's, it's, it is, and the sad thing is, Keith, we make the joke about the Trocken references. It's not even for Trocken. It's the fact that I'm not ready to go back yet. <laughs> <laughs> Five years doing this podcast, I'm still not ready to face that day. So you just have to deal with it. I had to face my day. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. It's not really fair, is it? Uh, but I am the keeper of the schedule. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe I've become a bit numb to it because I've watched those twice since we've <laughs> started this show. I've seen all of the new beginnings. You know, I've been going back and uh, going and listening to Big Finish on my own. Maybe yeah. I'll just go and jump to the new well, beginnings. You're not allowed. That's, that's what I think you should do, Keith. Force his hand. It would be out of bounds. <laughs> I'll have to send the big giant ball after you. <laughs> Oh, wait, you haven't watched that either. No. You have to, wa- you have to watch The Prisoner first so that you get that reference before oh. you can know what kind of true danger you're uh, in. I'll have, to try, I'll have to try to get The Prisoner on my to-watch list. Don't don't watch the remake. The, the yeah, Ian McKellen, no, no. Jim Caviezel one sucked. It was so boring. It yeah. was terrible. Mm-hmm. And I was so frustrated because it could have been great, but it was just boring. So should we move on to Mark of Mandragora? Which, yes. after rereading this, I realized we didn't have to read that whole collection. <laughs> But I was glad that we did because I yeah. actually quite enjoyed those. I stories. enjoyed the collection immensely. Uh, I've got a synopsis. Hold on. Let me flip my computer around. <laughs> Mister, I don't have to go to another device. <laughs> Once it goes, I didn't bring my other device, so. What do you need to share? I remember it well. I'll enough. let you look off my book. I remember it well enough. I just reread it last night. Actually, I did what Keith suggested he was going to do uh, yesterday. I read the first four stories and then waited, watched Mask of Mandragora, and then read Mark. Because, of course, again, I had just recently read it within the past year, but uh, knowing that one was a sequel to the other, or yeah. a sequel to the other one. so I did the same thing, fun. and I'm glad I did. Yeah. yeah. Because I would not have gotten it done, <laughs> for starters. Um, but also because it, it was it was just kind of cool to be able to go funk and here's a chunk of it and I wanted to keep going yeah. and then it was like oh all right I have to stop now until I watch right, math right. yeah I'm beaten Ace at the end of the 20th century the Mandragora Helix returns to Earth to be reborn and there's nothing the Doctor Ace or Unit can do to prevent it the mark of the Mandragora is a cunning story oh, uh, that's it that's right yeah that's pretty much all you need yeah. Really what, enjoyable. what I kind of like it, it, it's, uh, it's well, I think it we'll focus in on Mark specifically but you guys read the other stories right mm. leading up to it yeah. so I kind of like that uh, the seventh doctor is reunited with Sarah Jane 
Um, I think what it does is it, it creates, does it creates some it issues creates with school reunion. Issue with school, school reunion, but <laughs> that's uh, the only problem I had with that yeah. story. Uh, but I, I, I liked the uh, the premise of it. I liked the uh, idea that the bus was being or the train the train was being shuttled into uh, yeah. this different dimension where these this time tunnel essentially uh, where there was this praying uh, species that uh, they're original species were peaceful but they were like this renegade faction um and it's just it's a fun little adventure that i mean it it sees a lot more deaths than (laughs) one might want to see in uh, doctor who but uh it's off screen or off story deaths ones that happened prior but uh, uh it's it's fun it's it's neat the the them being hunted was kind of cool and and then uh turning it back on them. I thought that was neat. I think throughout the entire thing, they really nailed Seven's voice. Mm-hmm. I, I, I heard Sylvester's voice in my head whenever I read his dialogue. I don't know if that's me putting it more on there than it really was, but I just that's all I heard. I think what helps is a lot of these were being published back near into and during in Doctor Who magazine, the Seventh Doctor's yeah, era. Yeah, that could be. So I think that while that's fresh in your mind, as, as as Sylvester McCoy is playing it on TV, or near having you know come off of him just playing it on TV, it's it's still relevant at that point. So you didn't have problems that there were essentially anthropomorphized ants. No, no, we've got the Zarbies. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did feel a lot like the Zarbie. I, I suspect, and I could be wrong, so correct me here if I am. Within a comic book format, that you might be a little more forgiving of. Uh, a shortcut, if you will, and just kind of going, it's an insectoid race. Um, I'm a little less forgiving with a comic yeah, because you, got, do more. you can do whatever you want with a comic. You don't get constrained by budget or ideas or it's all visuals. So, mm. Never mind. <laughs> Sorry. You're right. They should have given us a Zarby <laughs> reference that they were somehow related and then I think that maybe that, that I don't know, this is where I went this to head, was well, Zarby. I think maybe that's what I did as I thought, maybe, you know, it, We've got interrelated humanoid species. Why not? <laughs> Why not giant ants? Maybe they're uh, termites. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> With the size of their tongues, I would think anteater might be a little more. <laughs> True. But they're definitely insectoid. Yeah. Praying mantis style. I don't know. Um, this panel, this page here, right after they've escaped the bus being ejected into space and uh, are walking around, and Sarah's kind of doing her Sarah Prattle, as I call it, where, you know, she's like, oh, I never thanked you for this, or I never thanked you for that, or, and then the doctor stops and says, you know, that day I bundled you out of the TARDIS and kicked you out, and I just, oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just. Uh, and then the great line of, I changed that once I became president, totally fixes why Leela gets to go and Sarah Jane didn't get to. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. It kind of makes me mad that this conflicts with... <laughs> School reunion, yeah, because <laughs> then that would obviously fix that issue. Well, sadly, that was the after effect of the new series coming back. Was well, we had yeah. to kind of wipe clean the Virgin New Adventure stories. We had to wipe clean pretty much all of the st- <laughs> the stuff that happened in the uh, comics and, and Doctor Who magazine. And, but um, it's fun to go back and revisit the sidesteps or the what ifs. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, this for me, and maybe it's because Sarah Jane is such a, a a high ranking you know companion in my eyes but i really like her with seven 
Yeah, I think, I think, they, yeah. I think they, they, they had a great pairing here. Yeah. Maybe because we've always kind of commented how Ace is, is, has a lot of similarities to Sarah, to Sarah as well. They're not; they're certainly not the same character, but I think they have a lot of the same characteristics: the the strong female, the um, closeness between the relationship between the the doctor and the companion, and those kind of things. So. Uh, it's probably because it's an easy pair of shoes to fit into. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought the second story was was enjoyable. Uh, nice little Viking adventure. Yeah, okay. I was going to say jog my brain on that one. And it's a quick, short It's one. a really yeah. quick one. I, I think that's um, part of why I enjoyed it was that it was so quick. I like that it's a, a bit bootstrap. Yeah. Well, it's, it's no, it's uh, looped continuity is what it is. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, who continuum. invented this game, of, <laughs> which I had never heard of. <laughs> Yeah, I think it must be that must be British centric because I I'd never heard of that. What was it called? Knack, knackers? Not uh, Conkers. I think. Conkers, Conkers. 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 Yeah. Um, to me, Conkers were those things we had in the 1970s. It was two balls on a string and it had a little uh, flat piece that they were attached to here, and they were usually two different colors. And what you did is you started. Cl- they were, I guess they were actually called clackers, not cl- Conkers. But anyway. You just kind of rocked your hand up and down, and down here at the bottom they would clack together and meet. And if you could get it going fast enough, you get it swinging out enough, you could actually get enough momentum for them to do this. And that was the impressive thing because you go get those going. And that was pretty impressive when you could get somebody to do it. Now, me as a seven year old child doing this, it was most, and these were little solid, heavy solid plastic balls on there so that they would clack together. And me doing that, it was. Right in the head. So <laughs> it just, yeah, that, that, I think they were called clackers, not, not, not conkers. But that's what it reminded me of just looking just at it immediately. Bit, yeah. But then when you look at it, it's almost a uh, taking one to smack the other one and crack it. So I love it when Glenn tells points. us stories about toys in his youth. <laughs> <laughs> T- tell us again about the hula hoop and the stick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm only a year older than you, Sean. <laughs> And until March, you're going to get so many of these jokes, <laughs> and then I'll be quiet for a couple of months. <laughs> Notice the Vikings have horns, horns on, their on their helmets. <laughs> Speaking of toy, yeah, that, that, I, I looked at that and went, this is never going to be the same again. Um, one thing we didn't mention was the, the yo-yo makes an appearance in Mask of Mandragor. He sits on the... On the uh, Ultra oh, yeah, yeah. doing the yo-yo. Oh yeah. yeah, he pulled the yo-yo out of his pocket. Anyway, it's always reminded me of that. I forgot all about the yo-yo. And I also uh, rather enjoyed fellow travelers. The uh, the shape-shifting creatures coming through. I remember we. Re- I enjoyed it a lot to- more the second time that I've read it. the The first time I read it, it was a little bit unsettling, and oh, I, think I think because of be. the yeah because of the the nature of the story and the content. Um, the 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 context of the the, the racism that's in it, um, mm. and the fact that there's an old lady that becomes this evil devilish thing that she's been possessed by, and the 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 fact that when it boils down to it, you don't feel so bad that she got uh, uh, possessed by it when you find out what kind of person she really was <laughs> anyway, yeah. because that really yeah. comes out. Uh, 
But well, and this really feels was, like was, a late seven and eight story. The yeah, it does. Of it. It do, does. Do you know why? It really felt unsettling. But then was it a Cartmel story? It was a Cartmel story. <laughs> 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 Hence the cats also. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it was a uh, uh, the first time I read. I remember it being really unsettling, and this time reading it, it was it was more of a well, that's a really impactful story. It's a real powerful yeah, story. Yeah, real it powerful really was. Message. And, uh, and but then it also ends on a rather almost hopeful message of the the power of love. defense and love is stronger than the hatred that this that this old woman has. Well, I like that they leave it where Ace questions. Well, you know, what if it comes back? And and the the doctor essentially says, well, if it does, it'll be it'll be all right because it, it's the it's learned to protect and the the motherly aspect of it instead of the the hate and the yeah evil so they kind of leave it in the fact that he didn't really diminish the the threat or he did diminish the threat but he didn't destroy it so i think that yeah. was kind of a neat way to leave it as well and i like the fact that it was uh implied that it's his house <laughs> doesn't say it outright but the uh the picture of him and her grandfather so that Almost implies that it's I kind of wonder if that's Professor Travers. That's yeah. what it looks like. <laughs> it has to be. So is so this be Anne's daughter? Or, no, or uh, well, no, it wouldn't be Anne. Well, what's see. his face's daughter? It was. I can't was remember it, who's was it, name. Is it the mom's grandfather? It doesn't say. It, it's it's the it little girl's says, grandfather. Okay, so that would mean that this and the the, the, the woman obviously is is Asian. She's a different. She uh, that that's what was implied to me, and yeah. I wondered if she maybe she was from. Uh, uh, the Detson area where the where, where's that? Uh, uh, where's the Himalayas? What country is that? Tibet. Uh, Tibet. Tibet. Thank you. That she may be from Tibet, and I also wondered if you could connect this to Anne's brother. Uh, what was his name? Uh, Alan. We just got yeah, Alan, who we just got introduced to. Who yeah. I think that's who this is supposed <laughs> to be. I, I think the the the, uh, the the Asian lady is Alan's wife. Is that, Lizzie okay. is, is well, her daughter because well, of the... But, 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 but hold on. In, in the actual dialogue, it says, yes, but Ella's used to it. Her family have been the caretakers here for years. So it's almost like they're the hired help. It's almost how I read that. And then that's her grandfather, Tibet, 1927. Because why wouldn't they be living in this house if they're the care... Well, I guess. Well, they're just taking care of it. Just okay. because you're a caretaker yeah, doesn't mean okay. you're not family. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. And it's and the doctor's says, house. It's not the Travers' house. No, see, I th- right. I got the impression that oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, he, they were taking care of the house because it was the doctor's house. Yeah, I see where you're okay. coming from. Yeah, I assumed it was so that's probably Travers' house. But now that you say that, it actually makes a little more sense. And, and, and Ace even says, "So this is this house. It's yo." And he cuts it off. Nice having that's a place right. in the country. That's right. That's right. So it works even better that it's the the Travers that are taking care of the yeah. house for I, I actually went and watched the uh, one episode of. Uh, Obama, Obama Snowman, yeah. and this is Jack Travers. <laughs> this is what he <laughs> looks like in that episode. Yeah. So it's there he is as a young man. So, there so was a, this must be Alan's wife. That's what I'm going to go Well, with. it's canon now. <laughs> <laughs> so, but Let's see what Candy Jar, jar does with it. <laughs> Andy, you've got to get there. But, but ha- <laughs> Would that mean... And he'll say, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so does that mean the old lady is... Mrs. Travers, because it's implied that it's her grandma, her grandmother, also, isn't it? 
Would have to be. But, who but else would but she Anne's be? But Anne's mom died, so. I'm worried about the way you married my son. Yeah. So. So. Maybe it's uh, Alan's a, a brother from another mother. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> or, because we don't know if Professor Travers got married again. Which it's is true. possible. So this could be a stepbrother to Alan and uh, Anne. Oh, that's that, true. Yeah, that's could, be, yeah. could, be, could be a third Travers kid out uh, there at some point. The thing is, we don't know. Travers goes back to Death's son, but we don't know how long he was there when he shows up again in downtime, if he had gone home again. So at, at the point where Candy Jar, the Lethbridge-Stewart series, sends him off to Death's son again... We presume that's the last time we see Professor Travers until he returns back, possessed by the great intelligence in downtime. Well, we're getting way off the base here, but yeah, <laughs> they, I, I like how the, how Professor Travers is linked to this story. That's kind of neat. I kept going back. I, I, I quite inadvertently read this one twice as well, partially because I enjoyed the story, and and partially because I wanted to see if there was far more to it than I was maybe getting out of it the first time the house felt familiar and there was a part of me that almost wanted to know if this was the same house from ghost light well especially the room with all the specimens in it <laughs> yeah i mean there were, there were just little hints that were thrown in and i went back and i poured over you know the artwork on the walls and the fact that there's a nursery and an armory and it's like man this sure feels like it's not but it just <laughs> it just really felt that way and then uh, like you said i enjoyed it more the the, the second time so that was a good one. Yeah. Good on you, Andy. Cartmel. What did you guys think of the, the uh, story that had... Uh, that's the one thing in this one I did not like. I, You know, it's I not, had a hard time following it. That's my problem with it. It's not that I don't like it, because it seems like it's trying to do something clever, but I really couldn't follow the story that well. And this is my second time reading it. I still really didn't. It felt... The idea is neat that it's this people from Ace's past... Right, it's who, Perryville game. Yeah, and so it's, it's kind of neat to explore that I thought aspect. it was a little trite, though, that they all went by King, Jack, and, and Queen, and she happens to be Ace. I thought that was kind of weird that they, they went that route. but Especially since Ace is just because she says it so exactly. much. Exactly. Ace doesn't come from the fact that she was named after a playing card. but Unless they picked up the nicknames after maybe, they nicknamed yeah, her. That's true as well. I think, it, I think it's less weird being a, uh, a Batman fan the royal flush game flush shows game, up no. frequently in the animated series well so. I, I think maybe that's what cheapens it for me even more <laughs> is the fact that it seems like it's being it's using already established um, other than that i agree with you i i really wanted to like the story i'm not sure i did because of it it, it felt very choppy and it felt like i don't know maybe it was condensed down from a larger work and there was a ton of stuff we didn't get that could be too yeah. but it, it now, just felt like there was stuff the, missing. the idea is that ace did not show up to this meeting the first time yeah so she's eventually supposed to show up and then decide against it and leave and then that's when she ends up going with the doctor or no that's oh, when that's she ends up getting shipped she gets uh times uh Stormed up to uh, whatever the planet was in Dragonfire. Dragon Dragon Fire. Um, so ice the doctor world, has brought yeah ice world. ice world. The doctor has brought her back here because he needs her to be here so this event does happen. To because stop this alien. he knows that this alien needs to be rejoined by some other alien to end up 
See, that's the problem with yeah, it. The I don't details know what, aren't there. Yeah, because <laughs> they leave it in the sense that she, he was trying to reunite these two like they were lovers, but they were like also enemies. I, I, I don't, I'm not sure <laughs> I think how you to... you got more out of this than I did. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I just, it was it was this weird thing because she was, there was like going to be this confrontation there and they did, but then the doctor gives some exposition. It makes it sound like they were lovers at one time, and I don't know. It's just... <laughs> I think you got more I, out I, of it. I read it twice, so I don't know. Maybe I did grab a little more out of it. Ugh. Sean, help. <laughs> mm. I felt lucky that I was able to grab out the Perryville gang stuff out of this. That's how much trouble I had reading this story. I don't know why. I just could... It, I read it, and I just didn't understand most of it. It's almost like the writer kind of had one idea and then needed a MacGuffin. And so they shoved them together, and it didn't gel. It didn't work. Yeah. Do you know who wrote this one? Paul Cornell. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, what were you doing? Paul, Paul, Paul. <laughs> well, now that you say that, it feels very Paul Cornell. I <laughs> <laughs> Went through the credits and went, why do they... Oh, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's very the growth like Doctor it's, 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 it's funny. That <laughs> it's it started, very like the four Doctor events. <laughs> it's funny. It started with, uh, after after reading all the way through it up to uh, Mark, uh, I thought to myself, this really felt like the Seventh Doctor's era. Yeah. It yeah. really nailed it. And I thought to myself, I wonder if Andrew Cartmel was involved in this. And that's why I went back to look. I was like, oh... He did write one of these. Oh, hey, there's another name I recognize. Oh, there's another name I recognize. So it's kind of... Well, interestingly enough, this even feels Seventh Doctor, this particular story. It very. It's the machination... I'm glad you're saying that because man. I wondered, though, if it was because I've read some of the New Adventures and this story feels a lot more like the New Adventures, but now saying that it was Paul Cornell, I totally understand why this story is, <laughs> is that way. But, um, yeah, but it doesn't, it doesn't lose... Seven and Ace's character at all. No, it doesn't. even though it's a bit convoluted and confusing. But like I said, since it's only a two-page panel with one full-page, uh, you know, cover comic art, and then one panel within the middle, it makes me wonder if it's maybe not lifted from a new adventure novel or something that they just went with this piece of it. Well, what I, I could be wrong. What wasn't but. clear. I, I this was published in 1994. But it's it's regroupings of stuff that appeared in Doctor Who magazine. So this copyright was 1994, but I think it's for the collection. I don't think it's for the individual pieces. Yeah. So that's why I think that those were all being written alongside the Seventh Doctor and Ace on television. So which would make this, sense since that's how Doctor Who magazine. But the ran Virgin that. New Adventures weren't picked. Didn't start until 1991 after the show had gone on. Oh, well, then maybe not. So that's so why. Yeah, Te- I think Teenage this, Kicks was a short prose story published in Doctor Who magazine 163. Okay. So it was intended as a short story and written as a short right. story. Sorry, Paul, you lost us, bud. <laughs> yep. It's got great tone. It's got it's it's one of those really frustrating ones. In a way, it's very much like the Seventh Doctor's era. <laughs> it's got great tone. It's got great characterization. It's got an interesting plot that I didn't get. <laughs> it, it it makes it 
this is the interesting thing about it. It makes me want to read it. It it, it, it makes me want to read a couple more times to see if I can figure out what's going on or get more out of it. Maybe read the summary on TARDIS Wiki and then go back and reread it. I almost feel like I need a cliff notes. Yeah. (laughs) Go to to the summary and then go back and reread it. Go to this version of. it makes me features. wish there was makes me wish there was a discontinuity guide for the magazine stuff as well because sometimes you can go in there and flush that stuff out. Maybe that's what we should do. It, it was published in August 1990. Oh, so it was after the series had gone on hiatus or yeah, just stopped. Just gone. just yeah. But surely they'd known that by yeah. that point. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Well, especially since they went back and recorded dialogue to finish out the series on survival. Um, so then that brings us to, finally, <laughs> the Mark of Magdragora. So, uh, what would you guys think of this one? I enjoyed it. I like this one a lot, too. Well, and, and you say quasi-sequel. I don't think it is. I think it, it is a direct sequel. It's a direct sequel. Because the... the I said pseudo-sequel. Pseudo, I, I, yeah. Yeah. I, I the, the only the, reason that I say pseudo sequel is it's almost like they did enough homework to make it a sequel, but the doctor says that I thought I destroyed this, and he makes the comment at the end of that. that will be back I, in I didn't. Years. It will. That's the cool thing that that she, this, he says this will be back in five hundred years because of the 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 angle of of the the direction of the helix. And Sarah says, well, that's right around the end of the, the, the 20th century. And so seeing, hearing them say that, remembering, because I hadn't read Mark again for the second time, I remembered that this does take it, place at the end of the 20th century. So I thought, well, that's very clever. But then the seventh doctor adamantly thinks he destroyed them, which I, the maybe fourth doctor did mis- not leave the impression that it was destroyed. Maybe he's just misremembering it. Because maybe. he had just siphoned off all of the injury or energy. I suppose what he's saying is he... I don't know. The the actual quote is, I thought I'd destroyed it all then, purged the TARDIS of its presence, driven it back to the desolate edge of the cosmos it inhabits. So maybe destroyed it doesn't necessarily mean destroyed, but just destroyed it within the TARDIS. The local local entity that that was carrying it back. And so what what the fourth doctor is saying is that when this comes into alignment again, in in, in 500 years it could return. Okay, all right, I get you. Then yes, direct sequel. No pseudo sequel. <laughs> <laughs> well, even the, the, the little things about the, like I say, the research of it is right down to the shaving mirror. Yeah, the, the, stumbling the, across the 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 uh, console. The great the, the, the great the, shot of the mask and Tom. Yeah, well, then that 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 is a yeah callback, a complete yeah, yeah. flashback within the the uh, story. Um, and and again, without using the cult. That was the trappings of mask. It's the drug culture they, that they is the tra- yeah. The it's like they yeah. modernized the idea <laughs> and brought it into the 20th century, which I think was very cleverly done. Yeah, even down to the fact that the uh, name of the drug is a derivative <laughs> of the same name. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for Mandragora, which I spoiled myself on. Oh, the Mandrake, because in the wikipedia page down at the bottom there's a footnote that mandrake is a 
form of the word mandriga, which I read and didn't think anything of until I got to this point, and they kept talking about the drug. And the I went, mandrake drug. Oh. <laughs> now, I mean, the, the, the story is called The Mark of Mandrake. Mandrake, like so you know, I didn't yeah, know. But it was like, it, you, it was, you put the pieces of get together just a little faster than you, you yeah. wish you had, yeah. I, I don't mind coming out ahead of things, but I, I, I kind of I, I feel good if I figure things you out. You just don't want that help. <laughs> yeah. If, if I figure it out just before the doctor does, I'm okay with that. If I know it three minutes into the episode and it takes him 45 minutes to figure yeah, out the ending, right. then I'm a little grouchy yeah. about it. But. I like that the unit that the unit the unit shows up in this yeah. story and i like that we get the brig it's yeah kind of, now he's he's shuttled off to geneva so he doesn't get to be part of the adventure but he gets to be part of the uh cleverness of <laughs> which it's it's, it's, it's interesting great dragon, or not dragon fire uh battlefield battlefield reference, reference. it's yeah. interesting that quite accidentally the sarah jane cameo does not work with new who but the Brigadier does work yeah. with Sarah Jane Adventures. Very much so, yeah. yes. Yeah. yeah, very much so. Well, it helps that he had come back so many times after that. Yeah. Where Sarah Jane only came back the once. Right. In the in the series after they Right, but he, he, she came back twice. He's, well, he's, yeah. he's, he's not in New Who at all. Well, I know. Well, Just ostensibly. <laughs> but it, but I, I, I just there, mean, there's there's less stuff to worry about conflicting with, or there, there's right. more to, okay. to keep I in see, line. I see where there's more going. to keep in line with this continuity than there would be with Sarah Jane at that point. Right, right, exactly. It's because he's not in New Who that it works easier. Yeah, it's yes. just the one appearance. Yeah. Okay, I've got you. Well, and and you have something recent to bounce it off of, right on the heels of his appearance in the last second to last season of the show. You can set this directly after that, and it won't conflict with anything, either. It helps that he doesn't come back, but it could easily not conflict because he's in Geneva. Well, but I mean, it works with his appearance on the Sarah Jane Adventures as well, because yeah. they they make reference to several things that have gone on and where he's at in terms of his career and you know coming back and blah blah blah, and it still doesn't. There's nothing that's said there. Yeah, yeah there is that affects right. the fact that he could have. Video conference with the Seventh Doctor and known. Right. Oh yeah. You yeah. know, there's there's nothing in it that spoils anything. Because the Sarah Jane Adventures appearances would have happened ten to fifteen years after this. Yeah. Because this is after this is right at the turn of the century, and obviously Sarah Jane Adventures were after the turn yeah. of the century. Yep. Twenty years, I guess, almost. Well, or ten, depending on unit dating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> depending on unit dating protocols. This was another one that I thought the um, the voice uh, of the Doctor and Ace, uh, particularly in these scenes where they're running through the TARDIS and she's struggling to keep up with him and they're having this discussion about yeah. things, really nailed it. Um, yeah. The uh, the relationship between the two of them. What I like about this story the most is that the Doctor does not resolve the yeah issue. That it's the TARDIS, and it's almost at that point where it feels a little less Seventh Doctor. Uh, in fact, his going into the real depressive state of "there's nothing I can do, there's nothing I can do," and Ace trying to console him. It's almost uncomfortable to see. I liked it. It was neat. It was really good. I liked it, but that seemed a little more out of character than this for the Seventh Doctor, in my opinion. Well, especially but, considering how planning and yeah, conniving he was. But that being said, I like the direction that they took, and especially now I knew the TARDIS wasn't gone. But <laughs> I like the idea that the Doctor feels that the TARDIS is gone, that it's hopeless, and that he's 
I think had the TARDIS really been destroyed, he would have stayed on with UNIT as a scientific advisor, realizing there's nothing else I can do. This is where I'm going to spend my retirement. Yeah. But um, Maybe then, eventually I'll be a museum curator. <laughs> going into the, the room and realizing that the, the, the TARDIS shows up and that it must have detethered itself at the last minute. And that was neat. I like I like how we've given the TARDIS a, as a character a little credit for stopping the Mandragora the second time, especially since it hitched a ride on it <laughs> this time as well. I also like the fact that this did tie into these previous stories when the Doctor says, we keep winding back up here on yes. Earth, and I, I yeah. haven't been able to get us away. And it's kind of like, it, 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 it's a subtle, but it created and, a really nice through line. Yeah, it did. And that was, the, that was the thing that when we were talking about doing this, I said, I think there's something in... in Mandragora that links back to the rest of the stories, and that's why they're bundled together. And I think that must be what I had remembered being the connector, but I couldn't remember exactly what the connector was. So. I also thought this was a, a an excellent panel, um, even though we're boycotting them. Oh, <laughs> the Star Trek earring. Look, oh, look. I never noticed I that. Cue oh, right into that. Oh Ace, is, Ace is wearing Arrowhead earrings. I never noticed that. Huh. Which on well, the one hand I thought, well, there must be an artist in the, you know, it's just a fan. And then I thought, and yet, it's so very ace. It <laughs> totally works with well, the persona. Well, I'll tell you the uh, good thing that this was done in nineteen uh, oh, early yeah. 1990s yeah. because it was now they'd be getting slapped with a lawsuit. Yeah, I don't know why. What did you guys think of uh, Mandragora actually taking more of a form this time? That was cool. I was It was neat. It wasn't an anthropomorphized... Alien, so that was yeah. <laughs> you know, high marks in my opinion. But um, no, it was, it was it was it was neat. It was good. I think it was important to have that aspect to it to build to that. There's nothing that the Doctor can do, right? Right. Because early, the first time he defeated it, it was wasn't reach corporeal form, and, and this it, time it had. And, and so it it's got to do something. It more was drastic. still them possessing. It was still the Helix possessing a body, and then it was just transforming, transforming it. from yeah. that. Yeah. So that worked well. Yeah, I think so. Anything else on this story or the set of stories? That you know, we just you know who wrote this one? Who wrote this one? Dan Abnett. <laughs> Who's that one? Um, the name sounds familiar. He, he's written several of the new. Uh, was it Silent Stars Go By? That we ah. no, not that, not that one. What's the I one that we we read one that Dan was Harvest responsible time, for? And you know. I unfortunately think he may have been Story of Martha. I could be wrong. Keith's looking, I'm looking it up. Keith's going to look it up for us. The name sounds familiar, but let's see. This was just an enjoyable set of stories, pretty much all the way around. Like it you was, said, the, 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 way, the ending of this one was. It was the story of Martha. It was, and the he story did of write Martha. the silent stars go by. Okay, well, we haven't read that one. I own that one. I think maybe that's wait, why. I wait, that wait, one. wait! This guy wrote something I liked that wasn't story of Martha. <laughs> I bet there's going to be more because he's written quite a bit of uh, of who. A lot of comics, really. Oh, has he? So yeah, maybe maybe comics is his strong suit. Maybe. Maybe. This is uh, another one of my favorite bits, is that even in the face of victory for, for the Mandraga, Mandragora, that, uh, you know, and I'm scared, Doctor, and he's like, come on, Ace, when is it that you get to be present? You know, he's, he's, he's going he's to He's admiring the, the moment. Of yes. The, of the, of the Despite situation. the fact this thing is going to destroy the entire universe in order to create a new one for itself, he's present for it. Yeah. And it's like, that's yeah. kind of cool. And I, I, I like the fact it's a little moment, 
uh, you know, in, in the scheme of things. But it's such a, a doctor centric thing. That sure. Just lots of those little moments in this in this set that uh, I really thoroughly enjoyed. Maybe I can't Dan wait Adam to get some more. To stick with the seventh doctor because he also wrote the Harvest. Hex's first story. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, thank you. We have listened to that, so. I'm looking forward to more Doctor Who magazine comics. Oh, good. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll uh, do some research, and we'll get more on schedule. (laughs) (laughs) What do we got coming up on the schedule? Well, coming up next, we, uh, uh, of course, just concluded our adversary archive, all things Mandragora, at least part of it. Uh, coming up next, we've got another historical, one uh, a little more uh, in uh, keeping with what Keith apparently thinks of as a pseudo-historical. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, uh, the King's Demons next week for Friday Night Who with uh, 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 Peter Davison and uh, some more lovely sword fighting <laughs> that the Doctor will partake in. Uh, that's our July 1st Friday Night Who, and our uh, episode... Uh, for next week will be uh, we will review the 8th Doctor Titan Comics miniseries so the five issues of that and then uh, big finish number 81 the Kingmaker I don't know if there are any demons in the Kingmaker but we've got the King's Demons in the Kingmaker so. I don't think there are any demons in the King's Demons either yeah that's true too <laughs> a possessed robot <laughs> yeah. uh, the following week uh, for Friday Night Who we're going to do Spearhead from Space so uh, hopefully you all have that one and can follow along. We've already reviewed it, of course, uh, and uh, I've just decided we're not quite done with the Eighth Doctor yet, so we're going to go back and hit a few uh, uh, Big Finish Eighth Doctor Adventure Season 2 stories, Brave New Town and Skull of Sobek. And then uh, the 15th of July, uh, we get some more Peter Capaldi and some new series stuff. We're going to do Robot of Sherwood. Robots. It's still there, whether I say it or not. historical. Another pseudo-historical for you. Uh, and then um, the 12th Doctor, Titan Comics, we will do the first five issues of Season 2, that they're calling it. And Big Finish number 84, The Nowhere Place, which I believe is a 6th Doctor, I think. It's been a while since I looked that one up. Um, but that's all that's up on the schedule at this point, so I can't tell you anymore. All right. Well, if uh, you're not already supporting us on Patreon, uh, please consider doing so. All of that money goes right back into this podcast. And if you are already a supporter, we thank you continuously for that. Uh, You can also check out some of the different various uh, links on the right side of our page, www.travelingthevortex.com. There you'll find a link to the Amazon store, Spread Shirt Shop, ours, where you can buy Traveling the Vortex merchandise. You can also find... uh, uh, 10th Planet collectibles there and uh, some other ads and links that we'd like you to click through so we can get some money from those. Um, get them now before Brexit screws it up. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of anything else we haven't touched on. So if that's going to do it for this week, until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.